Superheroes. What is our fascination, our infatuation with these godlike creations? The earliest creation of a superhero was somewhere in the early 1930s. Superman came in 1938. For almost a century, superheroes have been entertaining and challenging our storytelling magic through every creation of media. From radio to newspaper, to comic books, to movies, to television. In the last decade, what exploded the superhero phenomenon is movies. Superheroes have become a cultural topic that transcends age, sex, and nationality. Nothing shows that more than the $3 billion spent across the world on Avengers Endgame this year. So why are we so fascinated? Why do these stories have us so wrapped up that we will spend record money to go see them? In today's episode, we will discuss those very questions and explore how our love for superheroes ties into our religious beliefs. Lance Howery. Kind of like a rabbit's foot. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if our first five podcasts are lucky. <laughs> Do you ever we had any, I don't know if we'll have any views. I don't know. Zane Potter. And let, let's, let's be honest here. It's not exactly five-star media. This is Men in Armor. Good. It's all good. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Men in Armor podcast, where we talk about real issues that real men face. Uh, my name is Zane Potter. Welcome to the show. Uh, across from me, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Lance Harry. <laughs> How you no, doing, man? I'm doing good. Good, good. What do you think? We ready for this? No. No? no. <laughs> we're not ready for this, and no one's ready to hear us, but we're coming at them anyways. Yeah. Well, what are we coming at them with today? What do we got? Today, it is a bird. It is a plane. It's superhero day. Superhero day. Yep. That's official as of right now. Yep. We're going to be talking about superheroes. Talking about how superheroes and our obsession with them are tied to our religious beliefs. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, Lance's introduction is absolutely right. Thanks to um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, the last 10 years. It's 10 years old? Yeah. Something like just that. Just a little bit over that. Um, 2008, I think, is when Iron Man came out. Yeah, I think you're right. So it'll be about 11 years Yeah, now. I was in the eighth grade. But, um, so, there's been a revitalization shall we, shall we say in the comic book industry because my dad talks all the time about when he was a kid reading comic books and they used to be really popular and then they kind of fell off and ever since Marvel came out with Iron Man they've steadily increased in popularity yeah definitely um, I mean it goes to the fact that Marvel almost went bankrupt I don't know back when it was but you know they almost went bankrupt sold off a bunch of their characters and been trying to scrape to get them back since they hit this home run with this cinematic universe i didn't know they were going bankrupt yeah i mean they sold off i mean that's why spider-man's owned by sony and why fantastic four was owned by fox because they went they were going bankrupt and to survive they had to sell off all their assets mm. well i can't decide if that's a good thing or a bad thing no they're yeah. all coming back under the one, yeah. one roof so far disney multi-billion dollar company Until you get them. sony holding out for everybody because they feel like they're not getting paid enough so we yeah, can't they, have another Spider-Man movie. they need that Spider-Man <sighs> frustrations so um, why do we find super- who's your favorite superhero uh, probably combination like it's probably not even in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to be honest Flash is one of my favorite superheroes I just like the speed yeah the speed thing mm-hmm. are you speed demon yeah definitely how fast you drive on the highway? No, I'm not a speed demon on the highway. <laughs> My wife's a speed demon on the highway. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Tickets? Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. All right. We won't talk anymore about it. No. <laughs> we don't want to give incriminating evidence. Um, so 
why 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 are superheroes so fascinating? And I think they capture our imagination. Yeah. I think they I mean the obvious reasons is they have abilities that we don't have. Yeah. Abilities that we want. Not necessarily for the reasons that they use them, but we want to be able to uh do what we can't. Yeah. I also th- they're super cool. Yeah, they are cool. But uh no, I think you're right. So when uh they just they can solve problems that I mean, maybe even first responders can't, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't save, you can't prevent a building from falling on you. Right. But, uh, well, I mean, a good example of that is the flash can put out fires with, you know, speed of, you know, moving the wind, making wind. Flapping his, his hands yeah, really fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of situations that we can't control and even, um, you know, watching tragedies, on mm-hmm. the news that even first responders, you know, have a hard time getting a handle on. Whereas oftentimes in the movies and comic books, Superman or Batman or uh, what have you, they come swooping in and save the day without even breaking a sweat. Right. So I think that's, uh, especially for little kids, mm-hmm. when uh, stuff like that happens that, you know, can't be explained and we all look up to someone or we all look up to, yeah, absolutely up to things that or people that we think we want to be like and superheroes, obviously not real. Yeah. Um, but it fascinates us. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I would hope they'd be real. (laughs) It'd be cool. Well, you know, you never know. Never know. You never know. (laughs) I mean, things, you know, there wasn't a Superman until an alien boy came to land on a farm in Kansas. So, and then there was Superman. But let's not get into alien things. <laughs> um, so, superheroes can solve these problems. So, what about when even the Green Lantern Corps, the Justice League, or the Avengers aren't able to help? You know, situations we can't control. I mean, what what do we need to turn to? And uh, we're going to start diving into that right now. Well, and I think ultimately, obviously, our our point of this podcast is to point people to Jesus. And today we're trying to tie it into why our superheroes, are we, why are we fascinated with them, and how do we tie that into our beliefs? Yeah. And our fascination with them, like you said, is because they can do things we can't we can't control. They can save the day when things are happening that we can't control physically. And that's what we have to rely on Jesus about. Because Jesus can can step in when we're going through things that we can't control. So one one story that strikes out to me when we're talking about situations we can't control, um, an especially harrowing situation, uh, is obviously, for those of us that are Christians, the story of Job. Well, I mean, even a lot of Christians probably don't know the story of Job. I know I didn't until recently i couldn't tell you off the top of my head no so i probably heard it but i mean it's so job 1 13 through 20 one day when job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house a messenger came to job and said the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby and the Sabians attacked and made off with them they put the servants to the sword and i am the only one who has escaped to tell you while he was still speaking another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house. When suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are all dead, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up and tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground in worship. So, within seven verses, what can I only imagine is, in that time period, in his, if we were to look at it from Job's perspective, this probably all took place over the course of 15 minutes. He lost everything. Right. I mean, we had two raiding parties, we had uh, the fire from heaven, we had wind from the desert, and everything is snuffed out just like that. 
So I would say, wouldn't you agree that that's probably a situation that you can't control? Definitely, definitely. And the very last verse that I just read, then he fell to the ground in worship. So I don't know. Do you think that you'd be able to fall to the ground in worship if something like that happened? You know, it's not from a bragging standpoint, but, you know, I didn't go through a wind, rain, and a super storm like that where my whole property got destroyed and all yeah. that jazz, but I did, you know, lose, lose a wife and um, an unborn daughter. And I can say in that moment I, I did kneel down and worship God. I can say that I went through divorce before. I, I didn't kneel down and worship God because I was far away from God. Yeah. So I think it all has to do with how you prepared. Yeah. You know, at the time of my life when I lost my wife, I was a prepared follower of Jesus. Yeah. Even now, I don't even know if I'd have the strength to do that again, the strength yeah. to say worship God. Um, but I know that uh, that was the only way I got through it. Yeah. I, man, I don't know. It's hard to say. I can't. I can't say that I'd be... I am very much a man that indulges in the first emotions that enters his mind, mm -hmm. which I'm not proud of because that can be dangerous at times, especially when it comes to anger and things like that. Yeah. I mean, so uh, I don't know. That's hard to say. I might be able to now, but I would say I'm a lot closer to Jesus than I ever have been. Yeah. So I guess... I mean, I guess what it would take now is is a is another um, what would you call it life life shattering event, life shaking event. Mm -hmm. It would take something like that, like maybe losing my father. That would certainly be a trying time. Um. So, what's one of the other verses we have for him? Well, another story that comes to mind is the story of Lazarus. And I don't know if you're familiar with the story of Lazarus. Um, I am. So this is John 11, 1 through 7, and 17 through 21. Okay. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister, Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days, and then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So, that now we're looking at this from, well, I mean, we can't really look at it from Jesus' perspective, because right. we don't have that no. ability, but we can look at it from Martha's perspective, Martha and Mary. Now, when they talk about when it says now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, obviously Jesus had a love for everybody, but it's often speculated that Jesus had a relationship with these three like no other. It was said that Lazarus and Jesus were friends, and often Jesus would, in his downtime, would spend time with Lazarus, and they would talk like friends mm -hmm. rather than just you know a teacher and uh, right and uh, pupil kind of relationship like he had with his disciples. But, uh, so, I think when Martha says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, uh, she truly was putting all her faith into Jesus to make a miracle happen. Yeah, I mean, she was expecting, she, she expected her brother to live if he would have been there. Yeah. He put that, she put that much weight on yeah. Jesus. Which, that would have been the uh, the Superman response, shall we say, to just swoop in. He would have just walked in and said, hey, everybody, how you doing? Mm -hmm. Lazarus, you're sick? Be healed. Mm -hmm. Well, 
Jesus said from the beginning that this would not end in death. No, it is for God's glory. Right. So, and I think this was the last miracle that he performed, if I remember right. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure it was the last miracle. He I'll, tr- I'll before, trust you on that one. Before he was, uh, before he was apprehended. But, um, well, you know what I, I want to say is that this kind of goes to what we expect today as followers of Christ or people that have fallen away from Christ. Yeah. We have been disappointed that God has not swept in and saved the day. He's yeah. not come in and did what we expected or did what yeah. we thought he would do yeah. or did what we wanted him to do. Yeah. We want him to save the day. Well, even like uh, new Christians, you know, people who have been in a bad way come to Christ. And when uh, I've, I've seen it many times, when someone comes to Christ and their problems either A, don't go away right away, B, they have more problems, or, um, oh, geez, they just, they they believe that it's not working. Right. And that's not true. I mean, sometimes things are, I mean... Well, as followers of Christ, he's not our genie. No. He's not here to no. make everything easy. And, and it's actually opposite of that. Yeah. It's going to be a more fulfilling life, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard. Yeah. Well, he wants us to, he wants to put us through trials, I mean, oftentimes we bring those trials on ourselves because he's told us not to go a certain way and we go that way anyway. But he wants to forge us into a tool because when we start out, we're just a chunk of iron. Right. And through rigorous forging, uh, melting, pounding, hammering, quenching, he wants to turn us into a tool if you submit to him, he wants to turn us into a tool to be used by for his will. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, also part of the relationship because I mean I I fully believe in Jesus being it isn't a set of rules, you know, following Jesus. It's a relationship with him, and as that relationship goes, you're going to grow during the hard times. Right. You're not going to grow if everything is fine. Right. Because you get in a you're not going to seek him. Yeah, you get in a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And if there's no need to turn to him, then there's no need to grow in your relationship with him. You know, it's just like um, when it comes to friends. Yeah. Your, your best friends are not going to be the people that you always go and have fun with. Play, I don't know, a sport or go hang out and do whatever. It's not going to be what the, the friends you have that make a difference in your life are going to be the people that are there for you during the hard times because you're going to grow closer and closer together. The ones that are there for you, not just because they're reliable because you, they've been there for you, but because you grow when you're going, going through something. Right, right. So And, you know, also, and I've, I've had the experience of being in a moment when I wish God would have done something. Yeah. When I, when I lost my wife, it was an instant thing, 30 minutes. Um, like she was gone 30 minutes. She was gone probably quicker. I didn't know for 30 minutes because I was in the waiting room. They wouldn't let me back there. And um, I remember them bringing me in the small room, and I was praying that they could revive her. They were trying to. Yeah. Then they did. And for 15 minutes, I thought they had revived her. And then she was gone like that. And I fully believe that was Jesus saying, hey, I'm here. But it's time for her to go. Yeah. And as a strong follower of Christ, I fully believe I had the power to pray for him to bring her back. Yeah. Like, I fully believe that God could do that. Yeah. But I knew that, that was not, like, I I got to go see her. And I knew that that was not the prayer that was meant to be prayed at that moment. Yeah. And it took a lot to feel that from God. To know that, in my opinion, he was calling her home. 
in that I couldn't ask for that prayer. But in that moment, God couldn't be my superhero. Yeah. He had to be the God that was with me, but he couldn't fix my problem that day. Right. Now he was, there's no way, there's no way that my belief in him faltered in that moment or was not strong because I knew he was with me because of the people that were around me to go through that situation. I did hit the floor. I did pray, but I didn't hit that floor alone. Yeah. And that was the people that were around me. Um, and so I know for a fact that God, God's not, Jesus is not meant to be our superhero. And there's some days he will be, he will save our day. He will save our life sometimes. I've, I got a story about that too. Um, but sometimes we have to realize that it's not going to be just like Lazarus. He wasn't meant to step in until three days later. Yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, if we, where are the superheroes for situations like that? And the sad truth is there are none. The only thing that we can do is put our faith in Christ. And if he chooses to bring us out of that when we ask, then great. And if not, then clearly he wants you to go a little bit further. Yeah. To some end that we don't know about. But he does, and he has a purpose for it. And that is so hard to cling to in the moment. Definitely. And it's just, you know, a lot of questions wondering, you know, God, why can't it just be this way? It would be so much easier. Or, you know, if I knew, if I just knew where this was going, I would be so much more at peace with this. And... I mean, at least that's how I felt in the past. Mm -hmm. And it's just a very, very difficult practice to just... And I don't know if if it's even possible to trust him fully. If there's all... I don't know if you've ever had problems with, you know, saying, God, I trust you, but then you don't... Well, like I said, it was just crazy my ability to trust him in that moment, but there's been plenty of moments where I don't trust him in my life. Right. Um, Like, I feel like that was one of my most prepared moments. I had read a book by Levi Lusco called Through the Eyes of a Lion. Yeah. Great book. Yeah. Fully recommend it to anyone that, um, not really anyone that's going through something. Read it now. I don't care if you're not going through something. That's when you need to read it because it prepared me for going through something. Honestly, when I was reading it, I thought it was preparing me for something, but you'd never think it would be preparing you for that. Not one bit. We we find out later that in chapter 26 of Job, he begins talking about God's power. Uh, Then Job replied, this is Job 26.1. Then Job replied, how you have helped the powerless, how you have how you have saved the arm that is feeble. Um, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's really long. 26.7, he spreads out the northern skies over empty space. He suspends the earth over nothing. Oh. And then 26.14, and these are but the outer fringe of his works. Meaning that, I mean, he talks about hanging the earth over nothing. He churned up the sea uh by his breath, the skies became fair. Fair. His hand pierced the gliding serpent, and these are but the outer fringes of his work. So, if we just look around at creation, that is but the outer fringes of his work. That is just a little shard of what his power can do. Yeah. Who then can understand the thunder of his power? So, even in that moment, Job knows that God has God holds him in the palm of his hand. He has such utter faith in God that uh, he knows he's going to take him in the right direction. Right. So, how do we have that faith? Don't ask me, man. 
I mean, like I said, I haven't had that life-altering thing happen to me yet. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, I could say I have, but I, I really haven't. I mean, and maybe it's just a perspective thing. Because, I mean, you've gone through things that I haven't gone through. I can't imagine going through the things that you've gone through. Yeah. But, I mean, as we get older, we go through progressively what seem like worse and worse situations. But I guess if we put our faith in God, they're all the same, are they not? Well, yeah. Because everybody's going to come out of each situation different. I mean, they aren't the same situation, and they're definitely not from a human standpoint. I mean, in our minds, they're not. I mean, no. we we don't hold being sick with a cold for a week the same as we hold having a heart attack. Yeah. Those are, I mean, a heart attack is a life which also I've been able to be a part of. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to have a heart attack too, so yeah. fun stuff. I think probably the most trying time so far for me has been when I went to Colorado to work on my cousin's farm. Mm -hmm. And you gotta understand, when I was out of, when I was in high school, I was a bomb. I didn't work. Yeah. But I mean, that was, uh, and my dad told me, you know, focus on your schoolwork and get a job once you're out of high school. And I uh, graduated high school and it was coming up on August and I still didn't have a job. And uh, we went up to uh, a family reunion down in New Mexico and I met my cousin Shane and out there he, he invited me up to his farm and so zero work experience whatsoever right I mean beyond chores or like mowing the lawn and stuff yeah and looking back on it now I'm I'm disgusted with myself out of high school I was a total bum and went up there and started learning real work real fast I mean we're talking hard, hard work. I mean, 12 to 14 hour days, seven days a week. It was, it was, it was baptism by fire. It absolutely was. And, yeah. and so there were a lot of days where I was so stressed out that at night I would have dreams that I would be driving the tractor and I would be about to run into something like a sprinkler or a well. And I would wake myself up because I'd be slamming my foot on the bed trying to hit the brakes. <laughs> And I'd be like grabbing the sheets so hard, like white knuckle, like I was grabbing onto a steering wheel. Crazy. That's how stressed out about this I was. Yeah. And um, so there was a lot of nights where I turned to God and said, I need some help. Because yeah. this is not, I'm getting gray hairs over this and just guide me to each day. Well, it's probably a situation where he didn't necessarily make each day easier. But maybe he'll oh, no. maybe he'll change your perspective. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's uh, I learned so much out there. I, I I asked him for an opportunity, and that was the opportunity that came. You know, a week later, mm -hmm. and because uh, I asked, you know, I, I want to develop skills because I have none, and. I was throwing kind of a pity party at the time. It was mostly my fault that I didn't have any skills. But right. But after that, I mean, there's because of that um, experience, it, there's a lot of stuff I can do now. I mean, mechanical work, farming, yeah. just countless other things. So it was, you know, it, it was, it was, and there was some days where he didn't offer me peace. And I don't know why. I can't tell you, but I can tell you that there's a lot of situations I look back on, very specific, you know, instances. I look back on that time, and they have become talking points for me. Yeah. Well, it's it's, my faith in Christ. it's helped you. Uh, I mean, it was that's a moment in your life where he was forging you in the fire. Oh yeah. I mean, it was. I was fresh. Like I said, fresh out of high school. Didn't, hadn't had a job so zero work experience to some of the hardest work that you can get into and it was it was interesting to say yeah. the least so 
So what about Martha and Mary, their situation? They didn't have, um, and Job really didn't have a Superman response either. I mean, he eventually, God eventually blessed him with all those things once more. He uh, got his property back. Obviously, his uh, daughters and sons didn't come back to life, but he gained some more heirs. Yeah. And it took time, but he got it all back eventually. Um, now, Martha and Mary didn't get their Superman response either. And uh, so let's look at what... Bear with me, folks. I don't have the verse pulled up because I'm unprepared. 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 Is that what we need to name our podcast instead of Men in Armor? Unprepared. Maybe. Maybe. Didn't men, put. You didn't men, put on the biblical armor today. Men lacking armor. How about that? Well, our initials are MIA, so. <laughs> yeah. Missing in action. Missing in action. Well. Uh, I think we'll just uh, take this moment to pause for our sponsors. Oh, no, we don't have any of those yet. <laughs> um, so, Martha says to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. So, I mean, Lazarus is dead. So Martha relents, yeah, he'll, I know he'll rise again, you know, in the in the last day in the resurrection of the last day and then Jesus said to her I am the resurrection right the one who believes in me will live even though they die and whoever lives by believing in me will never die you believe this yes Lord she replied I believe that you are the Messiah the Son of God who is coming to the world well so, I think you know I think that God Jesus wants to use us you know he talked about using us as a tool he wants to forge us he wants to use our life to shine his light. Yeah. And sometimes we're going to have to go through things that are not not good. Yeah. So that his light can shine brighter. That brings up an interesting thought. What if so there are obviously there are situations where we don't get the superman response we want. Right. What if that is so we can accept the situation, grow from it, and be someone else's Superman down the future, down the line. Definitely. I mean, he, in that moment, he could have arrived on time. Right. While Lazarus was sick. Yeah. And he could have saved him. Yeah. But he didn't. Yeah. Because that would not have saved as many people. Right. Well, because, okay, so in this this is kind of off topic. I mean, it goes with the story. It, it's part of the story, but it's a little off topic for what we're talking about. Um, so if we reverse a little bit back to when he was still, um, I can't remember where they were at, but he was with his disciples, and they just got the message that Lazarus was sick. Um, so he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. Mm -hmm. So, Jesus knew what was going to happen. Right. He's known the entire time. This was all in an effort to show, basically solidify his power. His power. And if we go full, back forward, Sorry, I'm dead. I'm scrolling. So we come to John 11, verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. So we have to really break that down John 11 verse 35 Jesus wept the shortest verse in the Bible yep. but arguably the one that should resonate the most with believers and non-believers alike Jesus knew that Lazarus was going to die Jesus knew that Lazarus 
would be raised again by his hand. So why is he crying? It's because he sees Mary, Martha, and all of their friends are just so brokenhearted over this that Jesus is deeply moved and he weeps with them. Mm-hmm. So even though God knows what's going to happen, he cries alongside of us and is sympathetic to our pain. Yeah, because it's not about God not answering our prayers. Yeah. It's that he wants to be there with us. Right. He wants us, when things are going wrong, whether we're Christian or not, when things are going wrong, it is tough. Yeah. And most of those times we're at rock bottom. Maybe it's because of the choices we made. Maybe it's not. But if we seek him, then we grow closer to him. And that's what he wants. He wants us to seek him. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like if you take, now I'm not a father yet. You are. If you take a child into the doctor to get a shot or get some work done, you know, the doctors have to do what they have to do. Right. Your child is screaming, kicking, and you want to help them. But you can't because you know this has to happen if you want, if they want to be better in the long run. Right. And I think that's, I, if you ask me, that's a pretty good analogy. You yeah. Know, God knows what's going to happen. And he wants sorely to fix it. But he knows that this is how it needs to happen. Yeah, well, there's a verse in the Bible. I don't know what verse that is. Um, and I wish I knew what that verse was. But it's the one where he talks about um, his children. And um, maybe we should we should learn more about the Bible before we start a Bible podcast. Eh, we're not here. We're not. <laughs> we're not here to be perfect men. We're not here to be here perfect people. We're here to uh, right learn, a, learn, right. learn right alongside them. We're learning. So we're, next we're time we learn that verse, we'll actually find it and talk we're about it. Too, guys. But so bottom line is, this. I'm going to paraphrase and don't know where it is in the Bible. Maybe it's not even in the Bible. Actually, I think I heard Pastor Craig from Life Church talk about this. But um, if you have a kid, yeah, you'll feed them. Yeah. You'll do whatever you can for them. Oh, you're talking about... Um, so the podcast says, I say stuff, Zane figures out what I'm saying, <laughs> and then lets you guys know. No, you're talking about uh, who among you would give your son a stone if he asked for a fish, or a snake if he asked for a loaf of bread. Right. Um, oh, man, I, I can't think of what verse that is either. But I know what you're talking about. It's the parable where... Um, you know, and you you who are wicked would still give your children the best you can give them. How much more will your heavenly Father give you if you ask? Right. Um, and bottom line, what it comes down to is what I'm trying to say is that we would give our sons and daughters. I personally would give my son anything, my like anything that they want, like that that, that they need. Yeah. But that's the key word Anything that they need. Yeah, right. Right. You know, I want to give them everything they want as long as it's good for them. Yeah. But it's what they need, and that's what God gives us. So you wouldn't let them stay up all night and eat, eat a bunch of sugary candy? Well, I mean, if it's Friday night, and um, <laughs> no, probably still not, because I'd rather them be in, be asleep and me hang out with my wife. Do not. Do <laughs> it's not, called adult time. Do not misconstrue <laughs> that. We are not saying that. You know, even God lets his party down again. No. I mean, I mean, does, sometimes but... I let you know we take our kids to the drive-in or let them stay up till ten thirty or eleven on a Friday or Saturday night. Yeah. Now maybe, you know, I'm the cool dad, so I'm probably yeah. probably Desi wouldn't let let them do that. But yeah. <laughs> so when it says Jesus wept, I mean, how much more of a gift is that than yeah. the Superman response that Martha and Mary wanted? Yeah. Jesus wept. It was not only to reveal the true nature of his power. He is the resurrection. No, it was so that he can, so we could really see his love for us. He is brokenhearted over this as much as Mary and Martha are. Because he's not our, the thing is, he's not our superhero. He's our friend. Yeah, our father. Our father. So it's just, that is so much more of a gift than it would be 
if he would have just walked in there, said, hey, everybody, how you doing? Lazarus, you're healed, and then left. Right. I mean, it would have just been another day in, you know. It wouldn't matter. Yeah, it would have just been another day in the Middle East. But right. I think, so I think. Is that where the Bible's at? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere over there. It's not in America, that's much I know. So... I gotta get off these notes. I was on episode two. That didn't work. You're way ahead. You're getting the cart ahead of the horse here. I know. (laughs) I thought I maybe had that verse in there, but I didn't. So, now, (laughs) what what me and Lance are struggling with about this is we're trying really hard not to make it a Bible study. We want it to make more, make it more relaxed. Yeah. So let's let's step away from the verses for a second. Because it isn't just, I mean, obviously we're here to talk about the Bible. Right. But we're here to talk about men. Yeah. So, you know, we have this cool superhero thing because we we obviously like superheroes. So yeah. we were like, hey, let's tie superheroes yeah. into religion. And it's kind of a fascination with the world right now. We actually spent like 30 minutes talking about superheroes before we started recording. Yeah, we're, we're pretty uh, awesome like that. My yeah. wife would call us nerds, but we're awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> how can we tie this... Or what did what is it that really drives men in this situation? Like where are we at in allowing God to be there for us when things are going wrong? Well, I think obviously as men we need to be. We almost because I know when I had some, when when I was younger I looked at my dad he was Superman, but as I've gotten older and I've seen him. Um. I don't get my strength from my dad, what little strength I have. I don't get it from my dad. I'm talking spiritual strength, not physical strength. <laughs> I've watched him go before God in prayer every morning. When I was a kid, I'd get up for school, and oftentimes I'd walk in on him praying because I needed to ask him a question before I went to school. Um, he's at the altar often on Sunday not because you know it's a religious thing but because he has legitimate uh, things to give to God yes legitimate things that he wants to lay down before God and say God I need your help so as I began to grow older it went from my dad could do anything he could solve any problem he was always strong and steadfast he was Superman And now I've gotten older and I've seen the things he's gone through and I've started to look at the things that I've been going through and I realized that he gets his strength not from his dad, not from his grandpa, all those men before him on down to him and now to me have always shown their sons where they get their strength from and he has led by example since I was very young. He has always turned to God and laid his problems before God's feet and said, Lord, I need your help. Yeah. And he hasn't been afraid to do so. And I think that's a big, big problem. You know, nowadays, if you're a man and you admit that you have weaknesses and that you need help, then you're not a man at all. And that could not be further from the truth. Yeah. I think if you are willing to admit that you have genuine problems that you want to deal with and you don't have the capacity because no one has the capacity to deal with these things no sinful nature i mean we're talking pornography mm-hmm. um addictions to maybe spending too much money mm-hmm. eating. Uh, eating drugs drugs and just and video games uh, yeah a lot of things that can be insurmountable yeah to us i mean you cannot deal with that stuff by yourself you have to go to a God that can. Yeah. And you have to go, you have to realize that if you put your faith in other people, when I was a kid, putting my faith in my dad was. Well, it's what, what, we, do, re- it's what we do as kids. It's reasonable. We're supposed to. Right. I mean, as a father, you're supposed to guide your children. But anytime I went to him with a problem, he always pointed me. He would give his little tidbit of advice, but he always pointed me in the right direction, and that was upward. Right. So, I think it, it's okay to go to God. 
yeah. and say, I'm a man, but I need your help. And you may not get it right away. Yeah. It's, I mean, something, like I said, it's a relationship that you seek and a relationship isn't full of answers. Right. You know, it's not right. full of give, 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 right. you know, it's give and take. Right. Just like in any relationship. And for those, those of you men that are listening that are fathers, you can probably identify. I think it's a lot easier to understand the love that God has for us once you become a father. Um, or mother, if there's any women listening, women are more than welcome to listen. But uh, so I haven't fully, I've begun to grasp that because I truly want to be a father, but I haven't gotten there yet. So I think trying to look at it from the perspective of a father has really helped my understanding of the love that God has for us. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's unfathomable, the love that you have for your children. Yeah. I mean, you don't really understand it until you, like you said, you have children, but that's how much God loves us. Yeah. And each and every person in this world is his child, whether they believe in him or not. Yeah. So, I mean... I I love the song um, and the verse in the Bible that the song's from about leaving the 99 sheep and chasing the one because that's what God does. That's his love. Right. That he will leave the ones that are okay to go find the one that is not. Yeah. Because he's not about every, like, he's not about the quantity of people that he has under the umbrella. Yeah. He's about the one that is lost. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's how, that's where my heart's at with this podcast. We, uh, we don't know everything but we are here to create a community yeah. for guys to be a part of. Yeah. For men to find a place to ask questions, yeah. seek answers. And as we point out in this episode, it's not about always obtaining them right away, but it's to seek those answers. And just like you said your father pointed you to the to above. To God and that's what our ultimate goal is here yeah and uh, so one more thing we want to touch on before we wrap it up is so God won't always be our Superman but he will almost always when he puts you in a situation he is almost giving you the radioactive bite so to speak and is giving you the power to overcome them by learning things. I mean, peace, strength, wisdom, patience, just untold power that you can use for situations later down the road. And like we were talking about earlier, helping other people with those same situations. Yeah. So, um, peace. John sixteen thirty three. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. Strength. Isaiah 41.10 So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and keep you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Wisdom. James 13.17 But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit impartial and sincere patience Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him him have been called according to his purpose I think that's a typo but we'll roll with it <laughs> who typed that up uh, it was me it was me wasn't me I claim full responsibility <laughs> oh, these superpowers that we can gain through faith in Christ, do you think that you gained some of them, or maybe maybe all of them, through your life experiences? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think we gain wisdom definitely through life experiences, and um, but tapping in to God's power is amazing. Yeah. And it's not really done 
it's not really believed in enough. The belief that you can tap into God's power. Yeah. The power of prayer. Yeah. The power of his strength. And in in the culture today, those topics are maybe considered too churchy. Yeah. But we really, at our fingertips, with our belief in God and following after Christ, we have the ability to tap into an almighty God. Yeah. That can do amazing things. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially in a society where um, it's drilled into our heads from day one that if you want something done, you got to do it yourself, which is admirable. I mean, God wants you to make a way for yourself. Definitely. He, he wants you to work hard and uh, be ambitious throughout your life. But once you make that thing, once you make ambition an idol rather than putting your faith in Him, mm-hmm. You know, once the once these tough situations come up, you're gonna you're gonna falter. Yeah, he wants to be a part of it. He doesn't want to be a byproduct or right. a sideshow of it. He wants to be the center of it. Right. So if you're working, he wants to be the center of that work. He yeah. wants your effort to be for him. And I think I found that's probably one of the most difficult parts is when I'm going through a hard time. It's really easy for me to turn to him. And say, God, I'm putting my faith in you. But then, when I'm uh, on top of the world, you know, rarely ever do I praise Him when I'm on top of the world, right? Like I should. So it's difficult. It's it's easy to become complacent. Yeah. Well, uh, guys, this has been episode one of Men in Armor. Uh, episode two is on the way, and. Uh, we're going to release episodes every two weeks. Yep. Um, we dropped two episodes yeah. tonight. Second one's called The Line. The Line. Episode two, The Line. It sounds very harrowing. It's not. It's uh, I'm, I'm excited about this one. Yeah. It's it's going to be it's gonna be good. Um, after that, every two weeks, we'll drop an episode. Uh, but if you are wanting to get involved before then, uh, reach out to us on social media. Lance, you want to tell them about that? Yeah. Hit us up on Instagram. Uh, we got an Instagram page. Um, we have a website, meninarmor.com. And ultimately, I think a great place to start with is our Facebook page because we want to create a community for men. Mm-hmm. And so we want you guys to be able to connect, and we want you guys to be able to ask us questions. And we will actually um, put them on our episodes. So put a question up there, and we'll uh, try to work it in and um, our episodes in the future. Yeah. Because we want to answer your questions, and uh, not that we're experts, but we want to uh, we want you to be engaged in the community. Maybe you guys are the experts. Yeah, maybe. Because <laughs> we're not. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, until next time, suit up and fight on. See you guys later. <laughs>